The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masikat Shekalim has been dedicated by Dr. Isaac Meddeb and his wife Lily in memory of Moshe ben Nachel Man. We hope that the learning of the 22 Dapim of Masikat Shekalim will be a a ilui neshama for the niftar Moshe ben Rachel. Tehi nishmatot zerura b'tzol ha'chayim. Amen. Daftet. Today's daf has been dedicated by Mr. Mosi Kabaso in memory of his mother, Rosa Batleah. Ruach Hashem tanichena began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied by Elul Shabbat Chaim Baruch Rafael ben Miriam and Abraham ben Esther. We begin today's daf on daf het amud bet on the bottom the bottom line of the Gemara and the Gemara says Tani we learned in the Brayta Chatsi sheminit tabranit haishana the Gemara says that half the measurement that was called a Sheminit, that was the name of the measurement, Tabranit of Tiberius, that, the old one, Haishana, the old Sheminit, half of it, the one they used in Tiberius, that was uh, exactly the Shi'ud of the Rivi'it, that they used to have in the times of the uh, Bet HaMikdash, so that measuring utensil was exactly a Rivi'it, uh, like the um, like it was, Amar Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbi Yochanan comes along and said, Haden didan who? Rabbi Yochanan was much later than the Brayta. He came along and said, We have the same one. Haden didan. We 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 have the same uh, measuring uh, utensil, and it also is a Rivi'it. So the Gemara says, Ve'lama kari le atika. Since it was in the time of Rabbi Yohanan, in his time, why then did the Braita, the Tani that we just quoted, say it was the old one? Why is it the old one? It seems that from the Braita's time, all the way to Rabbi Yohanan's time, they were using the same measuring, uh, uh, the Hatsi Shiminit, and it was Rabbi'it. Which means, the Braita came along and said, the old one. The old one. I mean the old one. Even much after the Braita, Rabbi Yohanan says we're still using it. So that's not an old one. So why would the Braita call it the old Chatsi uh, Sheminit? So the Gemara says two answers. Eat the Amre, the Havat, the Rabbeta. Some say it got smaller, then it got bigger again. Meaning. That the bra- in the Braita's time, it was already smaller. So we're saying the Atika, the Braita, the rabbis, the Braita were saying the old one, which was bigger, that was the size of a Rabi'it. Then when it came to the time of the Braita, the Shi'ur got smaller. Then by the time Rabbi Yohanan came around, it got bigger again. So therefore Rabbi Yohanan said, we still have it. Yeah, he still had the old version of it. Vi'it de Amre. And some explain the azira, the lo azira kamad havat. And some say, like we said before, 
before the Blaita it was bigger. And that was the original shi'ur of the Rivi'it exactly. And then um, it got smaller in the times of the Blaita. That's why they said the old uh, version. And then uh, it got a little bigger, but not like it was originally. And therefore, even in Abu Hanan's time, the Shi'ur was not 100%. When, so therefore, when they said, Abu Hanan said, we still have it, he has, we have to say that he's saying we still have something that is similar to what the old uh, Shi'ur was. So that's what it means. Um, uh, the Az'ira, it got smaller. Velo Az'ira kemadavat. But it wasn't uh, small like it was. Okay. Right. Comes again, Maran continues. What is the shi'ur of the kos that holds the rivi'it? Rabbi Yosef b'shem Rabbi Yosef ben Pazi, the Rabbi Yosef bar bibai b'shem Rabbi Shemuel. It's ba'ayim, al it's ba'ayim, al room, it's ba'umehsa, the shalish it's ba. So here the Gemara gives us the shi'urim. If you remember, we learned this in Masichet Pesachim. What the shi'ur of Rivi'it is. So the Gebrayah says, it's two etzba'im, two etzba'ot, by two, alrum etzba, with the depth of one etzba and a half, and a shlish etzba. Now, that's two by two, by one and uh, three, uh, etzba and a half, and a shlish etzba. Now, the only problem was, if you remember my second Pesachim, we gave a different measurement. It was 2 by 2 by 2.7. It's Ba'ayim. Here, it's giving a totally different shoot. Here, it's 2 by 2 by 1 and change. So all the Mepharshim asked this question. How do you have a different shoot? Different answers were given. Uh, someone explained that uh, over there in the Gebarah Pesachim, we were discussing a square. Over here, we're talking about a round uh, a round uh, measure, not a square measure, meaning uh, a different cup, maybe different ways of reconciling it. But just to point out that there is a uh, clear stida against against this. In any event, the thousand of Tosfot's uh, answers uh, over here, we're talking about midat tziporit, and in the uh, Babli, they're referring to midat midbarit, which are uh, different uh, uh, units of measure, and therefore the Gemara gave a different shi'ud. In any event, the Gemara continues. Rabbanan de Kisri, the rabbis of Kisri, the Rabbi Yosef Barbibai, Beshem Shemuel, Atya de Rabbi Natan Shimon. They wanted to say these rabbis that Rabbi Natan is following Rabbi Shimon. Well, what did Rabbi Shimon say? Kemad Rabbi Shimon Amar Birbi'it. Just like Rabbi Shimon's opinion in Masechet Shabbat is that what is the Shi'ur to be Hayav on Shabbat to carry wine? Now we learned till now we had a couple of opinions. One opinion was Roba Birbi'it. That was Rabbi Yuda. And one opinion was a melo legima, right? A gulp. 
Now the Gemara is saying that Bishimon's opinion was that the shiur of carrying on Shabbat wine was a debiyot. An exact debiyot. Not a robot of yit, but a debiyot. So the Gemara wants to say that Binatan also subscribes to that opinion that says the shiur is a debiyot. Ken Amar the Binatan Barbiyot. Rabbi Nathan also said on Shabbat Tzimit, what was the logic? Because when it congeals, a revi'it of wine, it comes to the shoot of a kezayit. Which is really the hell, the shoot of carrying on Shabbat is a kezayit. So therefore, how do you make a, a liquid measure, a kezayit? So you take the shi'ud in liquid, that if it would congeal, it would be the shi'ud of a kezayit. And what is that? A revi'it. Rabbi Simon, B'Shem Rabbi Yoshua ben Devi. We have a Maaseh over here with uh, the mule of Rabbi Wakadosh. Maaseh Bepirdat Rabbi Shemeta. The mule of Rabbi Wakadosh that died. Betiaru et dama mishum nevela. Now, normally when an animal dies, it's called a nevela, it's a carcass. The carcass of the animal exudes tum'ah, menat Torah. The question is over here, what about the blood? Does the blood of the nevela also exude tum'ah or not? So here we have a case. Rabbeinu HaKadosh had an animal. The animal died. And they came along and said, the blood is tahor. So the Gibran says, V'sha'al Rabbi Eliezer et Rabbi Simon. So Rabbi Eliezer asked Rabbi Simon, Ad kaba, how much blood? Does it make a difference what the shi'ud is of how much blood is there? Or it's always tahor. Velo ashgahbe. He didn't pay attention to him. Vishal Rabbi Yoshua ben Nevi. So then Rabbi Yazir went to ask Rabbi Yoshua ben Nevi the same question. The Amale ad Rivi'it Tahor. He told him, Until Rivi'it of blood, it's Tahor. Yotir mi Rivi'it Tameh. More than a Rivi'it is Tameh. And what was the logic again? Because they made the blood like the flesh. Just like the flesh of a Nevelah. It's a shoot of a kezayit to be metameh. So therefore a revi'it of dam, which would be, if it would congeal, would be the shoot of a kezayit. So therefore they also made it tameh. But less than a revi'it of dam of a nevira is tahor. So Gibraltar says, Uba'ash l'Rabbi Li'ezer al-Delo hazar l'Rabbi Simon shemu'ata. Rabbi Li'ezer was angry at Rabbi Simon why he didn't answer him? Jesus, he asked uh, Rabbi Simon this question, and Rabbi Simon, for some reason, just disregarded him. So the Gemara says Rabbi Eliezer was upset. Why didn't uh, Why didn't he answer him? Rabbi Bai, Hava Yatif. Rabbi Bai was sitting. Hava Yatif Matne Haden Ovda, and he was learning that story about the mule of Rabbi Wakadosh. That died. He was teaching it. Amar le Rabbi Ishaq bar Bisna. Ad revi'it tahor yotr mikan tameh. So he asked him, oh, you're telling the story of uh, of Rabbeinu Kadosh's uh, mule over there, and you're discussing the blood. So he said, until revi'it it's tahor, and more than revi'it is tameh, is that the deen? Uba'at <laughs> Literally, it means he kicked him. Or it could mean that he, you know, he gave him a dirty look. Like he, he spurned him. <laughs> so, Amar le Rabbi Zidika, 
Behind the Sha'id Lach, Just because he asked you a question, so you kick him? I mean, what, what, what kind of reaction is that over there? Why should they get so upset? So the Gebara says, Amar le begin de lo havat dati bi ba'itnabe. Says, no, I didn't spurn him because uh, anything he did necessarily, but I just don't, I, I don't have peace of mind uh, with me, and therefore I, I couldn't concentrate. So when he asked me the question, I wasn't in my full uh, clarity, and therefore you know he got nervous of him and he he pushed him away. Why? Why was he not in full clarity? So it says the Amar Rabbi Hanan. Rabbi Hanan explained in the pasuk, "Vayu hayecha." It says your the curses and your life is going to be hanging in the balance. This is referring to people that they are going to be living in dilemmas where they don't know what's going to be, and that dilemma is going to cause a person a tremendous amount of anxiety. So the Gemara says, give an example. What are we talking about over here? That your life is going to be hanging in the balance. This is referring to somebody that buys his wheat once a year. Every year he buys wheat and he stores it for the entire year. What's the problem with this guy? Well, he doesn't have his own field. If he has his own field, he doesn't have to worry. Because he knows. Every year the field is going to produce. So he's always thinking, what if next year I don't have enough money? And I'm not going to be able to buy wheat. And therefore I'm going to starve. So therefore he's always, uh, he's always thinking about what's going to be. The pasuk continues. And the fellow is going to be scared night and day. That's referring to somebody that buys his... Um, Wheat, the Taklin explains, He goes to the store, and he buys uh, the wheat in small increments. He's worried by the time he gets to the store, till he collects his money to go buy it, maybe there's going to be sold out. Or by the time he gets to the store to buy it, maybe the prices are going to go up. So therefore, he's scared day and night about his sirudot, because he eats day and night. So this guy, he's buying his meals, you know, for the day. So therefore, he's scared that uh, he can't afford to buy, let's say, uh, for the whole year. He's got to live day to day. So that guy's even scared much more, because he has to go to the store and get his meals for the day and night. He's worried that by the time he gets there, nothing's going to be left, or by the time he gets there, the price is going to go up. So his, his life is hanging in the balance. And he's not going to have any faith in his life. That's somebody that buys from the baker. Which means, um, the Taklin explains, the baker, that's a person that even is more dependent. He goes to the baker and buys the bread. For immediate consumption. Now this guy's will be always worried because maybe the baker is not going to have fresh bread, and therefore it says He's not going to believe in his life. He says, and I rely on the baker. It seems the rabbi was poor, and therefore he didn't know where his next meal was coming from. 
So therefore, when the rabbi asked him a question in the Midrash, he kicked him. Not because it was anything personal, because he said, I'm living this pasuk over here, I don't know where my next meal is going to come from. I might live from, 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 from the bakery bread. So therefore, I was uh, nervous, so to speak. Now, some of the Mephashim explained that his bi'ita was actually valid. Why? Because he didn't like the way the question was asked him. The question, if you see, the way they asked it, or the rabbi asked it, it was... He said like this. Until it tahor, more than it So his bo'it because why only more than it You should have asked the question from it and more. Because what's the shoot of Tum'ah? The cutoff is a revi'it. But the way the rabbi asked the question was, ad revi'it tahor. Well, stop. Why ad revi'it? If anything, it should be until a revi'it, not including a revi'it, and then from a revi'it and more, it should be tameh. So therefore, from the fact that he asked, yotr mi revi'it tameh, why yotr mi revi'it tameh? Afilu revi'it tameh. So therefore, he uh, gave him a bi'ita. Now, comes the Gemara and says, Umahu kedon. What is the what is the din? Taklin explains my havi ala. Abarom, what's the halakha on this? Iyotir mirviyitame, ukrabi Yoshua, or afiyotir mirviyit tahor. What's what's the bottom line? What is the din regarding the dam of a nevela? Is it tahor in all cases, or do we make the haluk between less than a nevi'it or more than a nevi'it? He'id Rabbi Yoshua ben Petorah. Rabbi Yoshua ben Petorah testified. Aldam nevela shehu tahor. So he came along and said tahor. Mashma, that it's tahor legamre. So the Gemara says, Ma'u tahor? What does it mean tahor? Tahor melehakshir. Aval letamot metameh. We know that there are seven liquids, that if those seven liquids fall, for example, on a fruit, they now makshir the fruit to receive tum'ah. Meaning, a regular fruit, like an apple, cannot receive tum'ah. Even if, let's say, a sheretz fell on it. It's tahor the apple. Unless it was wet first. Once it's wet, then it is considered hechshir. Now what uh, qualifies to make hechshir? One of the seven Beverages, yad, shahat, dam. Yayin, dam, shemen, halav, tal, dam, and mayim. Advash and mayim. Those are the seven beverages. So dam is one of them. So the Hadush over here when he says, dam nevelaz tahor, that dam nevelaz not the dam, dam of hechshir. Also, what dam is dam of hechshir? Dam of shechita. Which means when you make shechita an animal, the blood that drips from the shaita, that's the blood that has the ability to be makshir. But the blood that drips out of a nevela, of an animal that just died, that blood is not considered dam makshir. So that's what the Biyoshua meant when he said that dam nevela tahor, it's tahor melakshir. It's tahor from having the ability to be makshir, something to receive to my But it itself will be tameh. The taklim says, He'id Rabbi Yoshua ben Betorah, Shu Tahor, Mashma legamri Tahor. Right, from the fact that he said Tahor was Mashma, 
in totality, af yotir miribi'it. And to that, the Gemara rejected and said, no, really he agrees to the haluk between less than a rivi'it and more rivi'it. And when he said the word ta'or, he was referring to lakshir. It does not have the ability to makshir. Good. Taman taninam. We learned over there in the Mishnah in makshirin. Dam hasheretz kibsaro. The blood of a sheritz is like the basar. Now we know the basar of a sheritz is metameh. The basar of a sheritz is metameh b'chadasha. Even the shiur of a lentil. So the Gemara is saying its blood as well is like the basar. Metameh ve'enu makshir. Oh, it's metameh. But also the blood of a sheritz is not makshir. Ve'en lanu kayotsebo. And the Gemara says we do not have a similar case to the Sheritz. Now, the question is, what do you mean we don't have a similar case? We just gave a similar case. The blood of a Nevelah. The blood of a Nevelah, we just said, has the same deen. It's, itself is Tamer, but it's Tahor in the sense of Hekshir. So why does the Gemara say we don't have a, uh, we don't have a case, we have a sample to this. So the Gemara says, V'shi'ur tum'ato Meaning like this, on the shi'ur. When we came to a nevelah, what do we say the shi'ur is? The shi'ur is a rivi'it Why? Because a rivi'it gets you to a kezayit, if it congeals. When we said there's nothing like the sheritz we meant in its shi'ur. Because the shi'ur of the dam of a sheritz to be tameh is much less. Because it only has to get to a shi'ur of a adashah. They should have a lentil. So that's what he was saying. Say we do not have a precedence when it comes to tumat dam. Sheret stands alone. Well, not in the concept, because in concept we have a dam of nevelah also. That is mitameh, but it's not machshir. And in the shiur of the sheret, it stands alone. Because the shiur of the dam of a sheret, the mitameh is much less. Because it only has to get to a shiur of a hadasha as opposed to a dam nevelah gets to the shiur of a nevi'it. Comes the Gemara and says, Amar Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef says, back to the subject of dam of a nevela. Peligiba teren amurain. It's really a machloket amongst two amurain. Had amar tameh, the had amar tahor. Okay. Some say tameh. Again, the haluk more than nevi'it, less than nevi'it. And one rabbi wants to say dam nevela is always tahor. Man damar tameh kribiuda. Okay, the opinion that says Tamir is going to be like the Biuda. Uman Damar Tahor Kribi Yoshua bin Petora. And the opinion that says Tahor is going to follow the opinion of Rabbi Yoshua bin Petora. Now, who are these opinions? So the Taklin says, Man Damar Tamek Rabbi Yuda, Rabbi Yuda Damar Beresh Perek, Head Yaduyot, Tedam Nevera Betelel Metameim. Okay, we have a Mishnah and Yudah that Yudah clearly testified to Bet Halel that Dam Nevela is indeed Tameh. Ukhti Parish. Uman Damar Tahor Kabi Yoshua bin Petera Desfira le Tahor le Gamre Af Yotr bin Vi'id. Okay, Ukhti Amrina bin Bab Risham De'id Shayu Ured Karim Olchim Adar Kuvadim Bedam and Nevela Vedo Amru Lahim Davar. Like it said in the Babli that the uh, people of the Oren Galim, there was so much blood, I guess of Nevelah, they were up to their uh, knees in blood, 
and the rabbis were mitahir them. Why? Because obviously they held that dam nevela is not tamis. We have a machloket amongst the Amoraim. Is dam nevela tamis, meaning revi'it, vastra revi'it, or is it tahor the gamre? Comes the Gemara and continues. Amar le Rav Avduma de min nechuta. Rav Avduma from nechuta said, "Viyaut." It's correct. Meaning, it's correct to say that Dam Nevela is Tameh. Why? The Rabbi Yehuda Moraina de Benisi Ahava. Because we know Rabbi Yehuda was the Moreh Halakha for the Benisi Meaning, Rabbi Hakadosh had a Posek. It was Posek Halakhot for him. Who was the Posek for Rabbi Hakadosh? Rabbi Yehuda. And Rabbi Hakadosh was the one that had the uh, animal. The Pereda, the mule that died. And Rabbi Yoshua came along and said that the blood is Tameh. If it was more than a Rivi'it. If it was less than a Rivi'it, he said it was Taor. The point is, he gave this Hiluk. Now, where did Rabbi Yoshua must have gotten this from? He must have gotten it from Rabbi Yehuda, who was the Posek for the Benu HaKadosh. So, therefore, it makes sense that Rabbi Yehuda said this. Because already he was the Posek, and we have a story already that we know that they treated the blood. Tahor only because it was less than a Rivi'it. Where did the Yoshua get this from? Right, they asked the Yoshua, what's the story with the blood? He must have heard it from the Yehuda, who was the Posek of Rabbeinu HaKadosh, and therefore he ruled like he did. <coughs> what is that? In the story said it's Tahor, no? Correct, because it was less than Rivi'it. But if it was more than Rivi'it, it would be Tamir. So where did the Yoshua get that from? He must have heard it from the Yehuda, who was the Posek of Rabbeinu HaKadosh. Comes the Gemara and continues. Now we go back to the halakha that we learned in our Mishnah that said that the Torim, the fellow that goes into the um, the treasury to empty out the shikalim, to put them in the boxes, he has to be very careful to be above the suspicion of people. So the Gemara says, Tane Rabbi Yishmael. Rabbi Yishmael taught Nebraita. Kavats. Lo yitrom mepeneh ha-chashad. Kavats, they learn, the taklim learns, still has long hair. Like from the Lashon Kevut Sotav, Taltalim. So he has long hair. So what are we worried about? That he might stick the shekel under his curls over there and stick it out. So he cannot have long hair. Tane. Ha-gizbarim, ha-yu mefasfesin bekilkelin the Gizbarim, the uh, treasurers, would make sure that the Torem that went inside, if his clothes had like little strings sticking out of them, they would make sure to take the strings off the garment in order that he cannot hide the shekel behind any, let's say, uh, you know, extra wool that's hanging from the garment. So they would clean the guy's garment so it's, uh, you know, no, no room for hiding. Furthermore, they would talk to the Torim. The whole time when he's in there, they make sure he's constantly talking. Why? Because they don't want him to put shekalim in his mouth and walk out with them. So by keeping talking to him, they know he's not going to take anything. So the Gemara says, if you're worried about that, why don't you fill his mouth with water? Which means we should have the guy fill his mouth up with water. 
and hold the water in his mouth when he walks until he walks out. Then when he walks out, spit the water out. So we know for sure that he's not putting any shekalim in his mouth. Amar Aftan Umar, Aftan Umar says, in principle, you're right, we would do that, but, but the Torah has to make a beracha when he goes in. Uh, what's the beracha that he makes? So he says over here in the Taklin, uh, he has to make on the Afrashah. Right, you can't make a berakhah when you have water in your mouth. So therefore, the Gebrah says, you're right, good question, but uh, the berakhah is uh, not going to allow it. Now the Gebrah says, the Bish Shemuel, Bar Nachman B'Shem Rabbi Yonatan, Batorah, Uba Nabi'im, Uba Ketuvim, Matzanu, She'adam Sarich Latzet Yedea Beriyot, the Gemara says, we found in the Tanakh, Torah, the Navi, and the Ketubim, that a person, just like he has to be above the scrutiny of God in his actions, he also has to be above the scrutiny of people. He has to be clean from the perception of people. How do we know? The Torah, we know the story. When Bnei Gad and Bnei Uven wanted to stay on the other side of the Jordan, so Moshe Rabbeinu said that, uh, but you have to come and fight uh, and help us settle the land in order that you'll be clean in the eyes of God and the eyes of the people. Because the, the perception was that uh, you know, they didn't want to help their brothers, they just want to stay on the other side. So he says, no, you have to come and fight in order to be clean in the eyes of God and the eyes of people. What do we know in the Nebim? It says by Yeshua bin Nun. Al Elohim Hashem, El Elohim Hashem, Hu Yodaya, V'Yisrael, Hu Yedah. What is he referring to? When Benegar and Benedi Uven moved to the other side of the Jordan River, they erected a big Mizbayah. Now the people that were on the other side, the Jews, when they saw this big monument, they thought it was Abu Dazara. They didn't know what it was. So they sent uh, messengers to go see what's going on. They wanted to go fight them. They thought that the people on the other side of Jordan were doing now, Abu Dazza, they're going to make a war. So when they got to the other side, uh, the people of the Negara Ben told them, we are clean, so to speak, in the eyes of Hashem, as well as the eyes of the people. Because there's no, uh, there's nothing, there's nothing. Look, it's a Mizmeach. It's not a, uh, it's not a uh, Abu Dazara. So therefore you see also that they were concerned about the perception of themselves. So they answered it. Look, this is not uh, what you think over here. And therefore the Lashon was, El Elohim v'Yisraelu yada. That from God and from Israel. Okay, that's the simple pasuk, Mishneh. You have to find favor in the eyes of God as well as in the eyes of people. Gamliel Zuga. Gamliel Zuga, some explain it, there was a Gamliel that sold scissors. Zug is a scissors. And someone explained Zuga Melashon Zivugim, meaning he was a Shatchan. Gamliel Zuga, Sha'al, the Rabbi Yoseh, Bar Rabbi Boon. Which one of these three Pesukim is the best Pesuk to teach us the principle of uh, to be clean from the scrutiny of man? The last Pesuk. Why? Because that's the only Pesuk that's a clear commandment. It says, You shall be. 
The other Pesukim are more uh, umsahen, a person should find, but it's not a commandment. The other Pasuk in Yeshua is just saying what happened, that they uh, absolved themselves from the uh, perception by explaining to them that it was a Mizbeah, but that's a story. Here it's saying, V'yitim, you have to be. So that's why that Pasuk is more significant than the others. Halakha Gimal, Mishnah. Shelbet Rabban Gamliel haya nechnas v'shiklo ben itzbeotav v'zalku lefne atorem v'atorem mitkaven v'dachafo v'toch kupa. We learned this earlier in the Masechet. In the family of Rabban Gamliel, they used to send uh, the head of the family with the shekalim of the family to the actual uh, treasury where they were emptying it out and putting it in the three boxes. And at that moment, when they were emptying it out, putting it in the three boxes, he would put the shekel between his uh, fingers. Uh, he didn't want anybody to suspect uh, anything that he's taking. So therefore, he would put them between his fingers to show, yeah, this is the way, I'm sorry, everybody, what he's doing, that he's giving coins, that he's taking. And he would flick it right in front of the Torem. So the Torem very uh, clearly would take the money and scoop it up, the money that was just flicked by the Bangalore, and put it in the three boxes. So the Bank Gamaliel would know for certain that uh, his money is now being uh, used for the uh, Korban. Why? Because in the big box, what would they would do? They would empty out as much as they can to fill up the three smaller boxes. And then whatever was left over is considered Shiare Shikalim. That money was not used now for public Korbanot. It was used, uh, they made the, uh, you know, the Dabat, the Beit HaMikdash. So the Bagam Liel, he wanted specifically his money to be known that it's going to buy Korban So he would wait until they would empty out the uh, treasury, and he would flick the coin to the to the Torem, and the, the Torem would make sure that it would go in the box and be used for the Korbanot of Sibur. If you look at the Taklin, he says, Exactly. They would make sure to put it in the three boxes that they were emptying it into. Now the Torem, there was a ceremony. When he would go in to clear out the boxes, to fill them up, he would first ask the Gizbar, that was on the other side. Etrom. Behen omrim lo terom, 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 shalosh pe'amim. Which means they would do this process three times. Every time he would empty it because he has to fill up three boxes. So he would say to them, Etrom. They tell him, Terom. Etrom. Terom. Etrom, terom. Which means he want, they wanted to make it very clear that he was doing this with permission. That he's not just going in and uh, taking uh, shikalim. So they would be very deliberate when they would ask the question. Should I take the terumah? Yes. Take the terumah. Should I take the terumah? They would ask it three times. And they would answer back. Terum. Taklin uh, explains. Gimel paramim derich hachamim huken. That's the way of the hachamim. Kegon magalzu. If you remember when they used to cut the uh, uh, the wheat on the second day of Pesach in Korban HaOmer. So also there was a whole process. Uh, they would ask the uh, the fellow uh, in the field, and Magazu, is this a sickle? He would say, yes, it is a sickle. They would go back and forth to make it uh, to make it very evident, to make it very clear. Now, let's review the process. Then we'll read it inside the Mishnah. So you had this big kupa. In the kupa, you had all the shekalim. 
Now, before Pesach, that was the first time in the year that they would empty out the box into the smaller boxes. Each box was three se'ah, like we learned in yesterday's Mishnah. Now, once they would empty it out, they would then take a piece of leather, like a leather mat, and they would cover the big box. And now any other shikalim that would come after Pesach, they would put it on top of this leather, this leather mat. Before Shavuot, they would take this leather, all the shikalim that were on top of this leather now, and they would use some of those shikalim and fill up the three boxes. After Shavuot again, they would put another piece of leather on top of the major box, and all the shikalim that would come from Shavuot till Sukkot, they would put on that leather. Why did they do this? Because they did not want to use the leftovers that was in the box. Because automatically, once you empty the box once, they didn't, they didn't totally empty it. They would empty it to fill three boxes, three smaller boxes. Whatever's left in the box is considered shi'ireh nishka. It's considered leftovers. And shi'ireh shikalim. And therefore it just falls back into the treasury. It's not used for the karbanot sibur. And therefore they wanted to give every area of Klai Yisrael a chance to have a piece of the Qurban. Now, obviously, before Pesach, the people living in Israel, close people, they got the Shekalim in on time. Mm-hmm. Now, between Pesach and Shavuot, so then the cities that were a little surrounding Israel. And then from Shavuot to uh, Sukkot, the people from Bavel and the far-off cities. So they, they wanted to separate the monies in order that each group would be part of the Qurbanot Sibur. If they would not put this leather over here, and they would just mix up the shekalim together, so now you would have a mixture of leftover shekalim with new shekalim, and that already would be a problem like the Mishnah is going to say. So we read that inside. So they did the first turuma, they emptied out the box the first time. And they covered it with, covered it with leather. Then they emptied it. The second time, meaning the shekalim that were on top of this leather, the hipab katabniot, and they covered it again the box with this leather. Hashirishit lo ayam mehape. But by the third time, you don't have to cover it because finished. There's no, there's no more. Uh, there's no more collections. Ve'lama ayam mehape. Why did they cover? Shemi yishka v'yitrom min adavara tarum. We're worried that what if you don't cover it. You might end up mixing the monies together, and if you're going to mix up the monies together, you're going to fill up the box with old coins, with with coins that already have been taken from. So the contabinot were really a uh, to make a separation between the old coins and the new coins. The taklin explains shemi yishkach v'yitrom menat tarum uchshemahapen naasua mechupim shirayim. Once you cover it, the stuff that's underneath it becomes leftovers. Betoremi mashal katabla. You take from what's on the. Finished. By the, by the third time, there's nothing to there's nothing to cover right because everything is everything is left over. Now, the first filling of the boxes was for the Jews of Eretz Israel. Again, those were the ones that brought it in early. And the second Terumah was for the cities that were close to Eris Israel. Vashirishit, Hashem Babel, Ulshem Madai, Ulshem Medinot Arhokot. Very good. So the third one was Kabbalah for the far off cities. Comes the Gemaran says, Shilbet Rabban Gamliel. Rabban Gamliel's family, they were careful. They were careful what? 
in order to make sure that this shekalim got into the uh, got into the box. So the Gemara says, "Ilu hayu kedayim." Let's say you have two piles of wheat. Betaram me'ehad mehen al habero. You have to take turuma from the wheat. So I took from one pile for the other pile. Sheme lo patar habero. But you don't think that the pile that was not taken from is exempt? Of course, it's exempt. You don't have to take from every pile. You can take from one pile for another pile. So therefore, the bank of Liel, why are you so makpeed on this over here? Once you donate your shekel, and it's in the pile, so once the Kohen takes the shekalim, so automatically, even if your shekel doesn't get spent per se for Qurban al-Sibur, you're covered. Not everybody's coin got spent. There was leftovers. Right. So therefore, what do you want? as long as you donated it, your coin is in there, it's considered that you would say, what did you have to actually see your coin get spent? So the Gemara says, yeah. It gave them pleasure. Yeah. They wanted to see that their money was actually being spent for Qurbanot. It was a, a pleasure, you're right, they didn't have to do this. But to them it was like a humrah. But they wanted to have a pleasure to know that their money actually was being spent for the korban sibur. Tani. Shamatata katablaot. Let's say by mistake, somebody pulled out the katabla. Now all the shekalim that were on top fell into the box. So now you have a mixture of shirayim, old shekalim and new shekalim. So the Gemara says, Nasu kulam shirayim. Finished, they're all spoiled. All the coins become now shirayim, and now ready have to take uh, a new uh, collection in order to get uh, new monies for the lishka. Comes the gemara and continues. Tani, shilishiti aita ashirashibikudam. The third round of collections, that was the richest one. Of course, that came from the far-off cities. Mm-hmm. Now, if you remember what we learned in the previous Mishnayot about the far-off cities, mm-hmm. in order to make it easier for them to carry all these shikalim from a far-off distance, mm-hmm. they would exchange the shikalim for darkonot. Darkonot were gold coins. So, it might have been, let's say, the same value, but the most gold that was seen was on the third round. Because those far places would bring the gold coins. And the Gebarah is going to say, they used to bring them also in pouches that were made out of gold. So there was a lot of, uh, you know, gold at the third collection. So it says, Shilishiti hayta ashira shabikulan shayuba itstiriot shil zahuv. Itstiriot shil zahuv literally means garments of gold. These garments that the to explain, that's what they put the coins in. Like pouches of gold. And the darkonot, those were the gold coins that were used to, to transfer the shekalim to them. Tani. We learned. Now, when the Mishnah says that they coin as kabana for the first shekalim, for the people of Eris Israel, that means primarily for them. But he also has to have in mind for... All Israel, because uh-huh. all of Israel has to be part of every korban. Yeah. It's not that the Jews of Israel are part of the first uh, third, and uh, uh-huh. then the second third, and the third third. Elawat, the first cause was primarily claimed from the people of Israel, so the king would have coming up for them, and for all the shikalim that did not uh-huh. arrive yet, also he had coming up for them. Shiniyah l'shem kirachim u'kafim u'shem ko Israel. 
The second round, meaning on Shavuot, it's for the cities that were around Eretz Yisrael, the walled cities, but and all and for Israel as well. Vashlishit l'shem Babel u'madai u'l'shem Medinot arhokot u'l'shem Kol Yisrael. So therefore, the third round was for the people that were further away in Babel, etc., and for all of Israel that the Shekalim did not arrive yet. Comes the Gemara says, "Tani Natal menerishona." And they had the three boxes. Now we discuss how they emptied out the three boxes. They would take from the, the box one, like we said, that's what they, they, they numbered them, or they lettered them, Aleph, Bet, Gimel, or Alpha, Bet, Gamma. Now they would take from the first box, Even though there was some still coins left in the first box, they would go to the second box. They would start emptying out the second box. They would start taking from the third box. Why? Because the deen is, in each period, you have to spend the money from all three boxes. So they were concerned that if you're going to wait till each box gets empty, you might not get to the third box. And therefore you're not going to follow it. So therefore they would start using the first box, then they would, there was still shekalim in there. They would go to the second box, and then when there was still shekalim, they would go to the third box. Now, Shalmash Shilishit, when they got to the third, they would wait till it's totally empty. Then after the third was empty, what would they do? Jose the Shiniyah. They would go backwards now. They would go to the second box and empty it out. Shalma Shiniyah, Jose the Now, Shalmu Shiloshtan, let's say in the period, all three boxes were empty. And it's still before Shavuot. You need more coins. So it says you don't go back to the till. What do you do? Jose the You make another round of collections. You have to go around and collect more shikalim in order to pay for the kurmakubi. Let's say kurmanot went up. So therefore they spent uh, a lot of money in that uh, third. So therefore they have to make a another collections. The bimir omer chosen the shirayim. The bimir says, no, 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 no. You have leftovers in the big box. He says, you go back to the leftovers. Because the bimir holds the leftovers are not considered leftovers. He says that if somebody, let's say, would take from those leftovers and use them, it's mi'ilah. And therefore, since it's Me'ilah, there's still Kodesh. So he says, you can go back to the leftovers and just fill the boxes again. No, you didn't. No, the big box. If you remember, we said that the big box, they would empty it out, but there was still some remaining. So he says, you go back to the box. That it's considered Me'ilah. Meaning, it's not considered Hol. Uh, it's actually Me'ilah's Kodesh. Why? Because maybe you're going to need them at the end. Now, now the Gemara, uh, as introduced by the uh, Taklin, he says like this, until this point in the Gemara, we were talking about how you have to be clean in the eyes of the people, how the person that went to get the Shekalim had to be very, very above the scrutiny, like we gave the different examples, to be above suspicion. Uh, we also learned how careful and meticulous the house of Rabban Gamliel was that they were actually on the level of Hasidim Midat Hasidut they were going above and beyond the letter of the law how they would go in and make sure that you know, their coin got in so once already we're learning about this high level or these fine uh, Midot so the Gebra is going to introduce to us a very famous <coughs> statement that was once made by Rabbi Pinchas bin Ya'ir. Now Rabbi Pinchas bin Ya'ir is going to teach us now how to reach the highest level of Ruach HaKodesh and even Tihayat HaMetim. 
Now it should be pointed out that the Bimoshe Haim Notzato wrote a book called Mesilat Yesharim that was actually based on this Gemara of the principles of Rabbi Pinhas Ben Yair. And he starts, Zirizut Mevi'alide Nikiyut. So this Gemara starts off with Zirizut. Zirizut is diligence. The person is Zariz. <coughs> He's zealous. So Zirizut brings to Nikiyut, to cleanliness. What does this mean? Simply it means a person that's very zealous in his actions and very diligent in doing the mitzvot, so people will never suspect him. It leads him to cleanliness, meaning in the eyes of people. Mm-hmm. Nikiyut meaning, because people always say, oh, he's doing a mitzvah. I mean, they know this guy already. I mean, he has a, a credibility that he's a zari. So zirizut will save you from the scrutiny of the eyes of the people. That's one way of explaining it. Then the Taklin explains also, when he's Zariz in the mitzvah, the mitzvah itself will cleanse his neshama. So the zirizut and the performance of the mitzvot is like a cleansing of all the impurities of the person's neshama. Furthermore, the Gemara Berachot told us that if a Talmud Hakam commits a sin by night, don't suspect him, because for sure he made the shuvah on the spot. Hence, zirizut brings to nikiyut. The diligence brings a person to cleanliness, because it will cause him to constantly repent and clean his slate of sins. Now, nikiyut, once a person reaches nikiyut, tahara. That already brings to purity. Now, on a simple level it can mean, a person that's careful in nikiyut, He's able to purify himself in the mikveh because now he doesn't have a hatzitzah. There's no interference. Nikiyut means actual physical cleanliness. It'll bring to tahara because you will not have a hatzitzah. That could also be referring to as well as the teklin explains. Meaning it's also referring to cleanliness of sin. He doesn't even have a dust of sin. Not only the major sins, but even the dust of sin. So that already will bring the purity of the soul. Again, it's another purging of the soul. Again, the Mishnah Yesharim, should be pointed out, goes through each one of these and has a full chapter, chapter for each line. or three chapters on each Midah, explaining exactly what it is, how to acquire it, and what the Mafsidim are, and what the problems are. So that's, this is a very quick uh, you know, version of it. Tahara Mivi'adi De Kiddusha. Tara, purity, brings to Kedusha, holiness. What is Kedusha? So the Tachlin says, Kegon or Kemo Ba'achilat Kadashim Ve'odim Kodesh. Which means, in a legion now, that all you're eating will be Kodesh. In order to acquire Kedusha, we know that two things specifically bring a person to Kedusha. Ma'achalim, what he eats, and what he sees. And therefore, uh, from Tahara, it will bring up the Kiddushah that even his eating will always be Atarat Kodesh. He won't eat things only that are holy, um, that are pure. Mm-hmm. And also, Kiddushah refers to Pirishut. Pirishut means abstention. Abstention. He's not going to be now indulging even in things that are permissible. And that's the way the Taklin says. Kol makom hu Pirishut like it says, Kiddushim Tehiyu. And therefore it says, the Tahara will bring to a person to... Now of course, it means even Arayot, uh, 
that are uh, not forbidden to him. Means parush even from davar of heter, obviously. Now kedusha miviali de'anava. Once he's on these high levels, he gets to humility. Anava. What's the logic over here? So he explains over here like this. He realizes, number one, the Taklin explains, ladies in general are shahsaniyot. Shahsaniyot means they're arrogant. And therefore by keeping away from the ladies, automatically he's not going to be close to arrogant people. And automatically that will cause him to be humble. Then he comes along and says, and I quote, First wide line in the Taklim That he's progressing in the levels of Kedushah Right, he's close to God which means as a person starts to grow he gets closer to Borei and he realizes how small he is and how insignificant his actions are in serving Borei meaning he always starts to think I'm not doing enough I could always be doing more so the Kiddushah automatically leads him to now Anava to realize his insignificance. Anava miviali deyiratet. Now, once a person starts to have anava, he starts to have fear of sin. What does that mean? He starts to recognize who Borei Olam is. He starts to recognize the Olamot because he's getting close to Borei Olam, and he realizes that his sin is not a small thing. He starts to realize sin is a big thing. Sin is huge. And he starts to say, how is it possible that I'm going to get Teshubah for my Hata'im? After all, I damaged, not only in this world, but all the Ulamot, all the way up to the Kisah Kabur have been destroyed because of my sin. So that brings him to a tremendous amount of Yirat. He's fearful now of his sins because of his humility. He says, ah, what did I do? I did nothing. He doesn't understand it. But the Anab that stands in front of God, he realizes the impact and the devastation of sin. Well, once he starts to become fear of sin, he leads him to Hasidut. What is Hasidut? What he wants to do now, he doesn't only want to now keep away from sin and do the mitzvot, but he wants to do above and beyond. Why? Because in order to fence the sin, he doesn't want now to fall into sin. So how does he protect him that he doesn't fall into sin? He puts a fence around the sin and says, not only am I not going to do this, but I'm also going to abstain from doing something that's really permissible, so I don't come to make sin. So therefore, Yirat Hayat brings to Hasidut. Hasidut mibi'ali deruah HaKodesh. Okay, once already a person is now on the upper levels of Hasidut, now already he's able to start to perceive the... Um, the spiritual inspiration of God, like it says in the Gemara Sukkah, that they used to have parties in Yerushalayim on Sukkot, those parties were called Simhat Bet HaShoeva. Mm-hmm. And the Gemara says, why did they call it the Shoeva? Shoeva means to draw. Literally because they were drawing the water for the, the Sukhamayim. Mm-hmm. But the Gemara says, Shemishah Mayu Shoavim Ruach HaKodesh. Whoever went to that party, he would draw from the party all great levels of Ruach HaKodesh. And it says, who was at the party? Hasidim. The Hasidim would be at the party. And therefore you see that Hasidu definitely can lead to a level of Ruach HaKodesh. Ruach HaKodesh Mivi'ali de Tiqiyat Amitim. Now once a person has Ruach HaKodesh, he can go take that Ruach, that spirit, and go to the cemetery, and he's able to put the spirit over the Mitim, and he's able to resurrect them. Tiqiyat Amitim Mivi'ali de Eliyahu Zakhudatov. Or once a Tiqiyat Amitim, Eliyahu Navi could come. Which that's already the precursor of Mashiach. Uh-huh. And Gibra says, 
that's the order of Rabbi Perhas bin Ya'ir and the progression to get to the level even of to be able to resurrect the dead. Now the Gemara is going to explain us from Pesukim. Where does he know this? So the Gemara says, Zirizut peviyali denikiyut. How do we know that Zirizut brings the nikiyut? Tichniv. Vechila mekaper. The Gemara makes a drasha on these two words. Vechila means, and he will finish, the Quran will finish his avodah, meaning he'll do his job diligently and finish it. And then what does the Pasuk say? Mechaper. Mechaper, he will be clean. And therefore, you see that Zerizut brings to Nekiyut. Nekiyut mevi ali de tara dekhtiv. Vechiper alea kohen vetahera. Right? Chiper, cleanliness, Nekiyut, will bring to tara. Tara mevi ali de kedusha dekhtiv. Vetiharo vekedesho. Kedusha mevi ali de anava dekhtiv. Ki koamar ram venisa shokhen ad vekadosh shemo marom vekadosh so you see that what? You see the juxtaposition between Kedusha and Anava. God says, I will dwell with those that are humble. Anava Because of Anava, it brings to fear of God, which is fear of sin. On those that fear Him, they reach the level of Hasidut, v'chesed Hashem me'ola. Hasidut b'be'ad ruach ha'kodesh t'ekhtiv, az dibarta b'chazon l'chasidecha. So then you spoke, b'chazon in a vision, to who? To the Hasidim. So you see, Hasidut leads to ruach ha'kodesh. Ruach ha'kodesh m'be'ali d'et hayat ha'metim, t'ekhtiv, v'natati ruhi b'chen, v'chiyitem. I'm going to put my spirit in you, and you will have the ability to bring life. So someone explained that actually Eliyahu Navi is going to come before the Tehayat Ametim. And therefore when it says that Tehayat Ametim leads to Eliyahu, it means Eliyahu is going to come on the account of Tehayat Ametim. In order to be Mehayat Ametim. So what it says, Tehayatim leads to Eliyahu, which means Eliyahu will come because of That's at least one way of interpreting it. And the Gemara then says, Tana, B'Shem Rabbi Meir, Kol Mi Shekavua Be'eris Yisrael. Anybody that lives in Eris Yisrael, it's Kavua, he's permanent, resident of Eris Yisrael. And he speaks Hebrew. And he eats his fruit always. And he says the Kiryat Shema in the morning and in the evening. He will be told, he will be heralded that what? That he is definitely from Olam Abba. Why? So look at the Taklin Hadtim on the bottom over here. Now, there's four parts of the body. There's the goof, there's the nefesh, the ruach, and the neshama. 
So each one of these items fixes one of those components of the person. So the goof, that's living in the Eretz Yisrael. Because the goof is made out of Afar. So the Baharim Etakin, the Afar. So you go live in Afar, Eretz Yisrael, and you're surrounded by Kiddushah. And the Gemara says in another place, anybody that walks for a month in Eretz Yisrael, is Ochel, and the Mohel on his Avonot. Right? So therefore, Eretz says the Tikkun of the Goof. Now, speech comes from the part of the neshama that's called ruach. Right? It says, Speech comes from the ruach. So anybody that speech, the ruach in Lashon HaKodesh, so he's metakin the component of the neshama called ruach. Now, perotav mitahara. A person's bodily functions, meaning need to sleep, need to eat, that comes from the nefesh. So when a person eats his perot, metahara, that's the tikkun of the nefesh itself. Now, the tikkun of the neshama, which is the holiest part, where does that come from? Talmud Torah. Talmud Torah is mekadesh the neshama. That's if a person reads Kiriyat Shema in the morning and the evening. So therefore he'll metaken nefesh ruach unshama. Now, the uh, last line of the clean hatin says, v'nitkenu kolet dalet halkeh adam. Goof. Venaran. Nefesh on Hashemah. Neged Datsham. What is Datsham? Datsham is connected the four parts of creation, which is the Domem, the Tzomeyah, the Hai, and the Medaber. And then he says, the Amra. What is Amra? Amra is the four uh, elements. That would be Ish, Mayim, Ruach, and Afar. So he's metaken all those elements that man is made out of. Once a person makes the ultimate tikkun of himself, certainly he is Zokheh, the Haya Olam Abba. Hadran Alach, Perek, Mishlosha Perakim.